Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. In this week's bonus episode, I, Chris North, along with Amanda Jaggard, Johan Martinez-Kalilian, and Dan Leffelar discuss navigating holiday in 2021. The holidays can be a wonderful time of connecting with friends and family, but can also create unmet expectations, conflict, discomfort, and navigating new life stages. In this episode, we talk about what the holidays can bring up as well as what you can do to create an enriching experience for yourself and those closest to you. We dive into the beauty of incorporating curiosity into conversations with family, what really creates conflict, why we gather, navigating loss, and so much more. We hope you enjoy the show. So we are here with Amanda Jaggard, Johan Martinez Kalilian, is my favorite name, and Christopher. You said, you said it well. Thank you. <laughs> I um, thought he I, he said I was his favorite name. I, well, oh no, this is going to create a problem. Uh, this is actually <laughs> a good intro into this the today's show because we're going to talk about the holidays and all the factors and all the drama and all the mess that sometimes can be when we slow down, take a moment to breathe. And realize maybe that we've been running pretty fast. So I'm really excited about this conversation, and and um, we're just going to dive right in. So Amanda, I think you're kicking us off. Is that right? I am. That's nice. Yes. So when I was thinking about what I wanted to bring, and one of the probably the biggest learnings for me, I think even becoming a coach and then doing the holidays as a coach, one of the biggest things was came up around noticing my complaints. So one of my biggest complaints around the holidays was Hold that on. you have I, complaints about the holidays. Is that I, 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 that's a I, hot I, take, I, guys? That's I know, a hot take. I do, I do, and I did. And noticing the feelings that came up in me, that then is like, what? Huh? What are the actual complaints that I'm having? And just in context, I'm going to talk a bit about family. And I've gone through a lot of iterations of of a family. So I've been on like a single person, uh, married with no kids, married with kids, living close to home, moving 1,500 miles away, and the dynamics of the holiday then, having two kids, um, and then divorced with two kids and how you figure out the holidays. So there's been lots of iterations of this. And one of the things I think for me is like, it's not about figuring it out. It's about figuring out how you figure it out because the seasons are constantly changing. And so I think that these coaching tools actually really help with the figuring it out. So I had complaints. It's like, I felt like I was doing everything for everyone and that no matter how much I did around the holidays, it was never enough. That people were never like, are you, know, are you what is hold the- on, the, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Yes. I, I want to stop you because there's just so much in what you're saying. And I think Chris and Johan and myself all have questions because all our eyes are, nobody can see us but all our eyes are like getting wider as you're talking. So did you have complaints about others' expectations or your own expectations? So I think that there were both, right? I think that I'm really good about, and, that, and that's that was that's one thing, um, one of the tools, that one of the things that I want to talk about, one of the tools that we'll use around here is this distinction between expectations and agreements. And so in my complaint, there was this noticing of either, like both, I think both were happening. I was having a whole lot of expectations on myself and I was experiencing that there were expectations that other people had for me, for my kids, for my family that I hadn't necessarily agreed or committed to. Like the two tools I think that were were most valuable to me was one, the uh, empowerment that comes from making clear requests. So first of all, getting clear on what you want. Second, the tool of making powerful requests and third, getting clear agreement. Like those are basic coaching things that we talk about all the time. Yeah. So I want to, I want to slow, slow you down. Cause like there is so much stuff you're saying. So when it comes to, let's just start with agreements. Yeah. Okay. I'm just visualizing most people's family get gatherings or vacation holidays. Right. And so maybe you can go there with me. You could picture people showing up to a place and then getting very quickly disappointed because certain things aren't happening. Certain people don't want to spend time with other people. Maybe the yes. turkey wasn't cooked the way you want it. And there's, you know, whether it's food or it's, so there's all these expectations, things we want to have happen. 
So let's kick this around a little bit. Like I'm assuming most people listening can, can identify themselves in that story. I can. Chris Johan, is this, is this resonating for either of you? No, 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 not at all. So yeah, it is, it is absolutely resonating. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the dance slowing down because there is so much, there's so much being, being talked about. You had said one thing that really, that really stuck out to me though, is the um, expectations versus agreements. And obviously I understand what you mean there, but I would love to hear what your take on that is for yourself uh, and, and representative of people listening who are coming into a holiday season, who are in that mom mode, I'll call it, I, I will never be in mom mode, I feel like. Uh, and I, it's just not, it's not a skill I have, an opportunity I have. Been that's a limiting belief, Chris. That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and I mean, well, even I think, you know, and and coming in like um, with a family, like getting getting married, right? So I have one way that I experienced the holidays and that our family did holidays. And then there was another way that that he did holidays and that his family did holidays. And I think now that- Now fight, that's well, essentially- It is, yeah. right? And so it's like, oh, noticing. And one of my favorite things with trying to figure out where is this an expectation living that is something that I haven't actually agreed to or where are the places where I'm disappointed and where are the places that there is that conflict. It's like, oh, we're not clear actually here on what we are agreed to. So there's like frustration or disappointment. Like those are the emotions there. And so then to dig in, Oh, okay. Where actually is there unclarity about some sort of agreement? I thought you were going to do it. Well, in my family, this person did this. Well, in my family, this person did this. And then my family, this is how this went. Like, oh, we get to actually co-create something together, what we want to, to create for ourselves around the holidays. One of my first big realizations when I became a coach was when I went back home with a new lens a new way of looking at the world and family dynamics. And I started to see, I was like, oh man, there's, there's so much resentment that we're swimming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's because we all have an expectation of who everybody should yeah. be, how they should talk, the way things should yeah. go down, the way that we should celebrate. And <laughs> my first iteration as a coach was to to want to coach everybody. And then guess That's, what happened? That goes really you well. Know? I think that the, I won over the whole family Everybody in my family Everyone's became crying. a coach. They're all like, oh, I have all these expectations on you. It's funny that, that the family gatherings can be like just a sea of resentment and contempt fueled by expectations. Like, mm-hmm. And I think like for us, uh, we'll talk about this in a few minutes, but for us, like uh, the pandemic limited family interactions and not, I love my family. I love all members of my family, but it was interesting just to notice how that, those expectations didn't exist because they weren't around and, and Christmas and New Year's and all the holidays felt so different to me. But anyway, Johan, back to what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was just going to say that ultimately that didn't work. <laughs> and um, But because I had some of these coaching tools, I was able to go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, well, what just happened? And let me assess what went down. Let me actually get curious about my family. You know, What would it look like if I just held space for them? Because Amanda, I think you know, even if we start going through noticing the expectations, making requests and turning them into uh, agreements. My family didn't want any of the requests or agreements. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they ultimately what they wanted was acceptance. And I think that's what most families want is like, we, we want wholehearted acceptance of ourselves, but then we won't, we don't want to wholeheartedly accept the other people of the family. And I think that's part of what creates the conflict. Johan, to your point, I think what you were what you were just saying, and we're talking about coaching tools. And and if you're not familiar, if you're listening to this and you're not familiar right. with what that means yet, there's a lot of other podcasts that you can go back and listen to, and we'll unpack a, a few more of them here. But when you have and pick whatever tool it is, we, we're calling it a coaching tool. But a lot of you have have had other tools. A lot of uh, even Dan and Amanda and Johan, we've been in other worlds before we were coaches, where we were learning tools of communication and, and like we're watching our EQ go up, <laughs> and emotional intelligence is raising as you as you leave one environment and, and head to other environments. And I think the the point is that uh, Johan, to your if, if I can summarize what you're saying, is we're using the tools first on ourselves with ourselves for ourselves as a means to serve and connect with the family at large. And so like if, if you have a, uh, so just, just to slow you down, Chris, cause what Chris, if you're taking notes at home, what Chris said was brilliant. 
Can you say it one more time about like, because I think this is the biggest mistake that coaches can make is our tools, our, our perceptions, our viewers aimed at the people around us. And you just said, start with yourself. Yeah. I mean, it feels like a, like a platitude almost is it feels like it a, does, a, doesn't it? Yeah. To use what we have on ourselves first. So a tool is trading judgment for curiosity. If I'm, what I really want is for my entire family to be so curious about it about why I believe what I believe and why I voted the way I voted and what yes. I really want. Yeah, well. I want, Chris, tell me more about that. I really need to open <laughs> and, and And that's what I want. And, and but, uh, but like the same is true. And that like, I like, so back to what Amanda was saying too, and I know you're getting there, but like, I just, in my head, it was like, it's so easy to walk into a situation and see all the expectations that are being placed on me by other people in my family, but not realizing that I have an expectation that they wouldn't put expectations on me. That's ironic, you know, when you slow down and think about it too. Yeah, well, and what I, and, and back to Amanda's point is she had said something that she glazed over so fast was the expectations versus agreements is great in, in a partnership and a relationship where you have the language and the tools and, and everybody's on board with that. Yeah. And now Amanda's walking into an environment where that's not the case. And so yeah. how do you, Amanda, take, yeah, go ahead and, and like use yeah. that tool for yourself. It's like, okay, so we can do that here with our family, but then how do you, in a very loving and non-judgmental way, lead your family into a new way? And so like it was realizing, oh, if I'm feeling, making up all these feelings of being frustrated or people have these expectations and that's on me for not making powerful requests or me not advocating for the things that, that I want or what I need around the holiday. And so I, I did, I came up with this idea of like, what if everyone giving everybody the opportunity to get clear on what are going to be the wins for you? Like, what are the, let's just say three things that would make this holiday or this gathering, like, um, again, we moved, we moved away. So we would go back for like four or five days, like mom, dad, everybody gets to decide, like pick out what are three things that would make this trip absolutely wonderful for you. And so that did a few things that invited them into some new muscles. And it was rough at first of like, what are some new muscles of getting clear on what it is that I actually would want? Gosh, if I only had three things, what are the things that I do? Actually so articulating. Yeah. Totally. And it invited them into that space. I was like, Hey, this is just a fun game. Let's just try this out. And um, it was, I think, good for them to like, just think, okay, like if I could only ask for three things, what would they be? For my brother, it's always the apple pie. Cool, no problem. I can make you an apple pie. And then I know that I'm winning. Or my mom's like, ah, I wanna go shopping with you for the, an afternoon. Great, we can do that. I can honor requests, we can renegotiate requests just because somebody makes a request, like the child says, I wanna do this. Not necessarily always a yes, we can renegotiate, but it does help us all get clear on, okay, if I could only have one or two things, what are the most important things to me? And then as families, how do we work together to make commitments around making those happen? I think that was the first time I actually invited my parents into getting clear on what they wanted and making requests and like, and all of us making requests. And I think even me then making requests. And that extended into non-holiday time as well. So there's a couple of things that Amanda's saying that I just think is really important to pull out in the conversation. One is you you asked a vision co question to the people involved. Like, hey, what do you want? Yes. What would you love? And, and that, there's a way I think- to, What would make this extraordinary? Yeah, like there's a way yeah. to invite, uh, and that's from a, like, not like, what do you want? It's sort of in a non-curious uh, place, but like, like, what do you actually want? Like, what would be amazing? And, way to yeah, magic and, and what's yeah. weird is I don't think, people are necessarily very good at asking each other that question when it comes, especially families. Yeah. Like we kind of already assume that we know what people want rather than explicitly having the conversation. So getting clear on vision, that's like, what, it, what would thrill you in this time? Or what, what's the most amount of value we can get together? What do you, what's on your bucket list for the next two weeks? So getting clear about that and then deciding yep. and agreeing to it or clarifying if it's not going to happen. Like those two things are huge yep. Like simple. We need a follow-up episode though, do. because part of what becomes problematic too is um sometimes you have families who say stuff like, I don't want to have to ask for what I want. You know, you, you Oh, can we do that? <laughs> you next? should just know. Like that's the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't want to do a follow-up episode? <laughs>
we'll just we don't need a follow up episode. We'll just handle it here, and then everybody can share the episode, being like, "Hey, <laughs> I'm coming listen. to town." Before I <laughs> listen do, to this. listen to this. <laughs> uh, That's right. Yeah, it's like required anyway. listening before your Christmas, your Christmas or holiday gathering. Um, yeah. Um, well, I I think that to to put a the end of like if we're going to transition topics too, just because we want to we want to cover a few more things is um, one is I have my one of my three things is a nap. I want a nap. And uh, especially nap. after Thanksgiving, uh, I don't do the whole like turkey tryptophan thing. I think that yeah, sounds right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> I don't whatever. have any believability saw, with enzymes and turkey, yeah. but yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Well, I, either way, I still want a nap. Uh, was, but I, I say that tongue in cheek, but at the same time, that was, it was a, a, it was a huge thing for me and my family to, to, I'm, I'm an introvert. I, I feel on when I'm with a bunch of people that I'm not normally around. If you're aware of like the introvert extrovert thing, it's where you gain energy, throw it out if it's not helpful. But for me at the time going, Hey, I want some time alone. I want a nap. Uh, and I used to do that growing up. I would do that. I would, I would retreat and everybody would instance, like, what do they say? Somebody goes alone and, and hangs out in their room alone and not part of the family and not part of the activities. And what does everybody say to that person? What's what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong, Chris? Yeah, what's wrong? Do you with hate you? us? Yeah. 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 Amanda, to your point, just com- like communicating my wants, my needs, uh, and going like, hey, I just need an I, I need some time. I need to nap. I need to relax. And then I'll be right with you was really, really powerful and helpful for me. So that's one of my things. We do it with our immediate family too. Like I'll sit down with the boys and it's like, okay, holiday season. Cause there's so many things going on. What are the three things that are the most important to you? And then I can commit to making that happen. And then it's okay with letting balls drop. If they get, they're dropping intentionally. Like we're just, we're allowing them and that helps us to be freed up to enjoy a lot of things. Yeah. I think that a fun thing to do would be to learn from the the babies in the family, they have no problem asking for what they want around holiday time. You ever notice that? <laughs> and they will ask everyone. They'll ask Loudly. mom, they'll ask dad. Yeah. Yep. Well, I I, I think I, th- I think one of the things, I wish I would have known this when I first got married. So anybody in a committed relationship or friendship, even when you hang out, it's just, we don't even know the expectations that we have until we start clashing or colliding with other people. One of the, one of the hacks now in my mind is, Oh, wherever I'm disappointed, like when I notice I'm disappointed in a situation, like that's a, that's an opportunity either to get frustrated at the situation or the person or myself, or to just slow down and be like, Oh, what, what did I expect here? Like what, and did, yeah. was it communicated and it, did anyone agree to it? Right. Like, yes. and it, it really lowers the temperature yeah in, in conversations yep. and family dynamics, but I actually, I was kind of half serious. I don't know if this is a good way to go, but like what Johan said, I want to talk about that. Like, I actually want to talk about what, what happens when you're in a situation where there's like an expectation. That's funny. There's an expectation that people would know already what people's needs are. I think Johan, is that, is that yeah, what you said earlier? The value is, it's almost like this belief that says, I know you care about me. I know you love me when I don't have to ask when you just know. Yeah. And I want to play the devil's advocate just for a second, which is like the horrible way to phrase that somebody is taking the opposite position. I'm going to take the opposite position for a second. I, I do understand there being a context where somebody isn't going to ask, but you see a need and you step into that need. There's certain situations where it's obvious, right? With young kids or with uh, like an older person who maybe can't do something for themselves. So there are contexts in which we step into that. But I've had that those conversations before with people like you should have known sort of conversation. You should know that I need X or Y. And I'm going, I don't, I don't really know how I should have known. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wonder if this is a tension rather than kind of having a far, hard and fast sort of black and white rule to it, to this conversation. But I'm curious what you guys think about that. Cause it is, it is something that's going to come up in these dynamics around the holidays. And it's like that, that expectation. Yeah, I, think it's a beautiful expectation dance. I think part of, part of what happens is it's like this idea that authenticity is spontaneous instead of how can you be mm-hmm. authentic and planned and, you know, have a conversation and actually make requests there's almost this unhealthy idea of what it what it really means to be authentic and spontaneous instead of being like, hey, I can authentically and spontaneously ask the question of like, what would make you happy this holiday season? And that actually be our guideline, you know, as opposed to this thing that 
is just going to happen when people feel like it. Because I do think there's a balance between that and what you're saying, Dan, which is like, yeah, you can show up. You can read my mind. You know, you can know that I want to pop popcorn this way. You can know that I want to watch It's a Wonderful Life. You know, you could know that I don't like onions with my turkey. And that's a beautiful thing. And <laughs> we could have the conversation that says, what would make this holiday season just like the greatest holiday season we've ever had? Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of thoughts flowing in my head. One is like in a in a dynamic, a relational dynamic, one of the nice things about going home is the familiarity that you have, right? So it's like, oh, like these people know me. They know my preferences for the most part. They kind of know what to expect. It's almost like the, one of the good guiding principles is that if you want to change something, talk about it. <laughs> because, because if you don't, there's going to be like, there's all this weighted expectation of years of familiar history and experience. And, and so like, there's a, there's a wisdom in stepping into that space, acknowledging that because if Amanda made an apple pie, every right. single, you know, Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner, and then just one year decided not to, it would make sense to me that Jason might be a little frustrated. What if Jason's like, actually, Amanda, this year, cherry pie is my thing, you know? And, and if the light, if the, <laughs> she's like, I'm out, <laughs> so go buy it. No, <laughs> no agreement. I make apple pies. No that, that well, is that's, not, that's not the point. Thing that I do. <laughs> the so. point is, even with the things that we like. Really ruin, ruin the story. <laughs> even with the things that we oh, like, there you. can be an expectation of like, this person likes that thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it on repeat instead of like reapproaching who our family is every holiday and actually staying yeah. curious with their likes and their dislikes. Because we want to think we've memorized them and we keep showing up with the same yeah. script. Well, I think that that's like the figuring out how to figure it out because things change. People have babies, uh, kids. I've had babies and that season was different than now having teenagers. And that's super different. The request like, oh, can you guys stay longer? Well, actually the kids want to be with their friends and that's important to them. So it does, I think, change in every in every season. So checking in, continually to check in and getting clear on agreements, I think is really important. Yeah. We grow, we change. People are dynamic and family are people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they they change. I think that speaks to how often people go home and they feel like they revert, like they're sleeping in their old room and they feel like they're being treated by their parents as though they had never left home. Because I think that's that push and pull of that dynamic where we just assume people are the way we left them or we know you. And as opposed to actually like, what if you went in curious to notice how the people you love are different than they were a year ago? Like that would be a fun game, I think, to play to see what you might discover, which is an interesting conversation. Yeah. I have gained weight. That's how I've been. <laughs> You've changed. Well, our, let's be real. Our family how, points that out. It's like, you're looking a little chubby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're looking like you. You, you are much heftier than last, last year. Yeah. Is it mostly yeah. upper body muscle, Chris? Because I think that's what you were attempting to do. Uh, well, you know, because it's a podcast and not a video, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, guys, I there's there's something that's coming to mind for me that's that's along all of these lines, which is what people are really looking for. Why do we even gather? What's the point? Why do we why do we come together? What's the the, the motivation? And and for me, it feels like we're gonna stick with expectations and, and agreements. It, it there's an expectation that we're all there for the same reason. Mm. And, and we might not be wrong about that, but there's, for me, what I'm, what I'm thinking of, and when I was thinking about, uh, about doing a holiday version of the podcast was really going, the reason that I think that we gather is to connect, is to stay connected, to be a family, to connect new members of the family when there's marriages or then there's relationships or children or whatever. And so when we have this high expectation or high desire, we'll even call it a desire for connection. And then we get met with current reality, which is oftentimes uh, divide, which is quite, you know, obviously quite a bit the opposite. It's like, well, what's causing that? And why is that happening? And there's, and then there's disappointment, then there's, and sometimes it's really great. And and you do connect, but you walk away going like, wow, we need more time. And, And there's also, there's also that element. Things do happen, but they don't happen as richly as maybe we wanted them to. And so, uh, there's two things that I was thinking of really, uh, and I don't want to have a ton of airtime. So I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on it that, that stand in the way of that one. We've talked about a lot of other ones, but the ones on my mind are uh, going into an environment 
with a, a posture of listening and to understand rather than speaking to be heard or than trying to uh, be heard and be right. And uh, I know in, in family dynamics that I've been a part of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, we'll take, this will be a fun one for the, you know, cause you guys are going to deal with it. Trust me. It, well, maybe not you, Dan, <laughs> in Canada, but in the United States, anyway, we're dealing with like, like things are, are becoming increasingly divisive and, and uh, political uh, conversations are inevitably going to come up maybe, uh, you know, a few drinks in, but eventually like something's going to come up. And if we, if we aren't all aligned or if somebody's going into a family environment where they've been dating in the family or they were married into the family and now there's something coming in that's completely different is um, this idea of, of the goal being connection. And the way that we connect to me feels like listening to understand, to ask questions, to be curious rather than, than prove ourselves right. And I think that that's a big one that at least in, in uh, the family dynamics I've seen, people have come wanting to connect and they leave more divided than they, than they came in. And if I have anything that I can add to this going like, Hey, if there's a, if there's thousands of people listening to this that are going to go home or who are in a hosting people to come to their home is an opportunity to connect. So that, that's the first one. The other thing is understanding the tension that we're in. So holiday time is extremely contentious. Uh, we're spending a lot of money. Things are, are moving. There's lots of, uh, lots of relationships have, have come and gone. There's like, we, we've come out of two years of, of, I don't have to say it, let's just lots of things. And so, um, anyway, I, like, I feel like I'm talking too much. I want to hear some of your points. If anything's standing out to you guys on those two things, like connecting, uh, we'll do that one first. Anybody have anything to say about, uh, what I realized with the awareness that I started to gain as a coach is, oh, why do we gather? Because it's an obligation as opposed to actually we're, we're gathering mm. to connect. We're, we're gathering. Like yeah, supposed it, is, to. it is a supposed to, this is what you historically uh, yeah. do. And I think that's part of the beauty of reapproaching just the simplicity of that question. I'm like, Hey, what, like, why are we here? You know, why do we get mm. together every season? I think that's part of why traditions exist is so that we can keep reapproaching that question as, Hey, we're doing this for a reason. And that's part of what I love from a coaching standpoint is you can ask a question over and over and over and over and over again and receive something new and profound. And I think that there's something very profound about saying, mm -hmm. why do we, why do we gather? Why do we, why are we here? And what if we asked ourselves that question, you know, for every holiday season, because if the point is to connect and we're noticing there's more disconnect than actual connection, let's keep asking the question until we have something that we can all align with. Well, and I don't know if always my goal has been to connect. Mm -hmm. I think that it's been other things. So Chris, when you say that, I don't know if necessarily, if I'm really honest, that is what my, my goal is yeah. for gathering. And maybe it's more of the obligation. Um, but I think that, okay, if I don't like obligation or even I think trying on different um, visions or perspectives on like clothes and just even seeing what begins to to come up. So like when you say that, it's like I put on like the vision to connect. It's like, oh, okay, how does that feel? And what, what comes up for me? And what are the beliefs that I have about mm. myself or about other people? And let's just play and let's just say that my goal was to connect. What then like no judgment on me, no, like just to really come from this non-judgmental place is like, okay, what then would begin to emerge? Like who, who would I want to be and what would it look like? And, and I think different holiday seasons where I have gone with like a posture of curiosity and more asking questions, it does tend to go a little better. <laughs> um, but I think I find myself like almost like avoiding connecting a lot of the time. It's like, ah, is that who I am committed to being? And so I think that's where it's like, oh, I can make requests. I can have the boundaries conversation comes up. And then what does it look like to actually connect? And that's just, I think, a fun, um, like even just thought exercise for me to just even put that on for a minute because I don't know if that is always my go-to. Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. And Johan, I really like what you said too, is is just the continuing to to lift that weight of asking the question 
why are we here? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. What's the purpose here? Uh, is it obligation? Is it connection? Is it to just, just to unplug? I mean, uh, oftentimes we just want to be running away from, from life, uh, as it is for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and to relax. To to relax. Get a break. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yep. And then, and then asking the question, what are the things that we can do to put that into, to actually get that result is really interesting. I don't, I don't know if a lot of people do that. To your point too, Amanda, is is somebody might be there to connect and somebody might be there to unplug. And those two things are somebody's there to plug in, somebody's there to unplug, and now we've got conflict. Yeah. So uh anyway. I, th I think um leave it to Chris North. You're so talented at this, just asking like the simplest but most profound question, like a first principles question, like, why are we here? You know, like there's there's a little I imagine having that conversation around the dinner table would be an interesting conversation just in general with a family who's up for it. As we're talking about that topic, it, it brought another topic to mind for me. And this, this might be a little heavier, but like the whole idea of loss, there's people yeah. on this podcast. I lost my mother five years ago. Chris, you lost your father. Was it two years ago? It'll be two years. Uh, yeah. Right before Thanksgiving. Divorce counts as a loss. Exactly. So like there's a, there's a, there's a, a grief or a, a death of sorts in all sorts of different hundred percent. Well, we're on the Johan, same wavelength right now because that's exactly what I what I wanted to dive into. So maybe we could tag team on this last portion. Um, I don't. I, oh, I well, stole no, your no, topic. No, because no, I don't me, know right? if this was actually what you were planning on or part of the conversation led you here. But that's what that's what I was looking forward to. So I'd like to hear what you're going to mm. tee up, and then I'll just piggyback off you. Yeah, well, and and I don't. To be honest, I, I I don't know. I didn't have a plan in my head as to how I was going to tee this up. I just knew I felt it when we were talking, and that the first thought that came into my head was, "Oh, that's what I don't want to talk about." So it's probably going to be valuable for me to talk about it, even selfishly for me. But I'm here with three of the some of the best coaches on the planet, so why not? You know, I I, I see just a huge shift. So Christmas growing up for me and the holidays, and if you celebrate Christmas or you celebrate Hanukkah or you celebrate whatever, whatever you celebrate, like gathering with family had always been such an easy, effortless, joyful, energizing environment for probably 30 years of my life, 32 years of my life. Uh, Christmas was for us as a family was very uh, looked forward to. There was a lot of sarcasm in our family, lots of laughter and food. And we just kind of had a system, a well-oiled machine. And then to lose um, the matriarch of our family, uh, very much the leader in relationships and the glue uh, of that was hugely noticeable, especially in those first few Christmases where it feels like, you know, it just felt like the wheels all came off. And so I, I, I guess I, I just wouldn't feel... Like we're honoring the audience, really, if we, we, if we didn't dive into a sure. conversation around loss and grief, whether it's divorce or death, because what I've noticed is as pronouncedly positive as Christmas was for my family, the grief has echoed that much louder. I think if Christmas was really apathetic and involved a lot of fighting, then somebody was gone. We'd be like, oh, they're gone. At least they don't have to experience this, this hellhole, right? <laughs> of an experience. So that's, that's kind of where I want to approach it. And, and uh, well, let's go. Let's, let's dive in. To add to it, so then we can we can toss it around a bit, um, because I would say I've experienced the same relationship with the holidays, where it was always like positive, joyous, loving, even though our family is crazy, wilding out all the time. But there was something about the holidays <laughs> that made things better. Like it was almost like we had peace mm. treaties <laughs> during the holidays to get together. Like we'll yeah, get along exactly. For the it's next like that. The joy hours. was there, and then we went back to you know, the wartime afterwards. And then, you know, you get older, I moved away, you know, I went born and raised in Chicago, moved to LA. And it was like, I would go back for the holidays. So it was a lot easier there because I was just gone so much, you know, and now being married in a pandemic, it's vastly different because now I'm not going back anymore. That's one thing. But then on top of it this year, my little one had surgery. So that was like tense leading into the holiday season, we'll say. And then my mother-in-law got diagnosed with cancer. So she's right now going through radiation therapy. And then really yeah. four days ago, my father had a stroke. And then they basically, you know, had surgery and you unclogged an artery for him. Then they told him he had diabetes. <laughs> and so it felt like moving into this holiday season, we're just like hit, 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 hit. Yeah. And 
the traditions that involve so much joy and celebration and gratitude feel a little bit more far off. And part of what I wanted mm-hmm. to wrestle with is like, how do you create space for both the grief and the gratitude, you know, the, the joy and the sorrow in this holiday season, because we're all human. And I think to just go into a holiday season, just thinking it's all going to be all good for everybody is definitely foolish. So how do we create space for, for everything and still enjoy ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. If I can add to this, it would be one of the things that, that was tremendously helpful for me is um, when I lost when I lost my dad was was um, understanding that grief is not linear. Yeah, Johan, to your point of of going, how do we go in expecting the uh, all of it and the joy and the sorrow and all of this to be together? And so, if I can if I can say the one thing that, that's been the most energizing and life giving for me, even through I mean, we lost we lost my dad right before Thanksgiving. I mean, I was <laughs> it was like the week before Thanksgiving. So we did that whole holiday season uh, and, and lost him fairly unexpectedly. And so like we did that and now we've done it again in another year. And this will be, uh, you know, this will be the second year that he's passed or whatever. And so the helpful thing for me is, is, was learning that grief is not linear, that we can have joy, we can have sorrow, we can have regret. It's all in there at the same time. And there are moments and, and there's a, um, and I'm going to slaughter this, but but uh, a really good friend who's a lot smarter than me started teaching me about how the brain actually operates when it's in sorrow and when it's in grief and how we can't actually take it all at once. All of the grief that exists in loss, we would, we would totally shut down if we didn't have uh, moments of levity built into it. And so that the way that the human experience processes loss and processes grief. And there's probably somebody out there listening to this and going like, this guy's full of crap. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And, and you might be right. And it was incredibly helpful for me to, to be at a funeral uh, or a season of, of what we'll call funeral and laugh and play and have jokes and have levity in the middle of that. And I mean, I've laughed, some of the hardest I've laughed was uh, followed directly by by like a swing of the pendulum to to weeping, <laughs> and so uh, giving yourself the the as you're walking into some of these these places and spaces and understanding uh, that we don't process grief all at once and then everything's okay. We can have those moments and 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 have room for each other in them uh, because there were times where my sister was crying and I was laughing, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that sounds it looks incredibly insensitive on the front end if you're just looking at it, but but. Uh, giving ourselves and giving one another space to experience whatever grief process somebody's in. There's anger in- included in a lot of that. There's regret. There's uh, relief. All of these things are existing. And if we can give ourselves and others permission for those to coexist together and express themselves, I think we'll we'll do each other and ourselves a pretty big favor. Yeah. One of my favorite Pixar movies is Inside Out. And it wrestles with the this really the what I perceive as the the quest towards emotional maturity, and it highlights that you know um, a young adolescent girl, and what they start to pinpoint is her emotions, right? It's like joy, sadness. Um, I think there's anger, disgust, and I don't know what the, the last one is, but she only has these. Spe- sad- sad- no, I said sadness. There's one other one. <laughs> is it fear? Is it's it like, fear? Be funny I said anger. anger. Um, but it's fear. It's fear. I'm just to, um, you kind of see all these dominant emotions think they need to exist or, or run the show one at a time. And as she grows and where the film ends, sorry, spoiler alert, emotional maturity looks like that sadness and joy coexist and now she has memories where both of them are there at the same place at the same time i i would say that's part of what i've learned within really the four last four or five years of my life where there's nuance to my emotional life and it is no longer just be happy be sad be angry be afraid like you know what i mean i'm not a a robot anymore in that way which i think in my emotional, immature ways. And it's not to say that I don't click back into that at times, but I think now I've grown in such a way where I start to realize, oh, there's actually a way to hold both the grief and the gratitude, you know, the joy and the sorrow at the same time. 
and and experience the beauty of of that aspect of humanity. You know, it's not as clean as we would always like it. Um, and sometimes the messiness is actually more beautiful than what we perceive as clean. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to yeah. really as I step into this holiday season. One, because it's brand new for me. You know, like I've never experienced, I would say, the thing on top, on top of the thing, on top of the thing going into the holiday season. And I'm excited from a coaching standpoint because I do get to use some of these tools of like, okay, what is my vision? Who am I committed to being? How can I hold this space non-judgmentally for all my family? How can I let myself cry when I feel like it and then kick into laughter five minutes later? Actually, Jason called me right when my father, it was, it was really, I love the way that it went down because my father had a stroke and I was just like making all these phone calls, trying to figure out what was going on. And then Jason called me and he didn't know, but he was the first person that I told, you know, he just stayed on the phone and I cried for a little bit. And then we talked about really the gravity of the situation. And then he, he told a joke and then we started laughing. And I think to me, I was like, oh, this is, this is it. You know, like it's the ability to do both of yeah. these things and it not be sacrilegious or how could you, you know, but all of this stuff belongs. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, that's what I'm looking forward to moving into the next, you know, in, into this holiday season, because I think there's going to be more beauty than I ever experienced before. I have a friend that calls it uh, a bouquet of emotions that you can hold all of them together. And I, I've actually <laughs> yes. sent people bouquets using that, like, um, especially when they're in grief, like you can, you just hold all of it together in the same space. And I think when we talk about the holidays, there's such this um, expectation for the emotion of joy and happiness and but and I think it's like, ah, but that's not all there like that's going on. And because I think it does like even like there's loss of death, but I think there's even sometimes like a loss of expectation. Like if you wanted to be married and you're going back and you're still single and people are asking you, so what's the deal? Or you're trying to have a baby and people are like, hey, when's the baby coming? And it's like, you don't even know. I think all of us, whether there's been a very obvious loss, like a death or a divorce, but I think like we're all bringing into it and it just almost like gets magnified by this over-the-top expectation to be happy. And then it creates this environment for all of that kind of new stuff to come up of like, ah, but this is really going on for me and what I am grieving or mourning in some way. So I think for me, it's like a being sensitive to like that, that is probably happening for everyone. Like all of us are probably coming to a holiday, whether it's obvious or not with some sort of like sadness or, or grief involved and that that's okay. Like we do get to hold all of that space for each other together instead of these expectations that everyone creates some sort of emotional experience for themselves. Well, and to kind of run a little further down that road, one of the things I've noticed too, that for those of you listening who are experiencing that mixture of sadness and and joy or grief and gratitude, what what has increased it has been a willingness to to share with family members what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that when I'm like when I miss my mom and I tell my brother I miss my mom, we're together it creates a grateful moment if that makes sense of grief where there's a connection and there's a there's a communion of of emotion and connection to another person to another experience and it's amazing to see how that can breathe new life into a moment um and i'm grateful for those moments cuz i think a lot of my grief is experienced alone um and being around family uh if that's what you do this in the holiday season can be a real gift. And I just imagine what would happen if our families, instead of showing up with like, these are my expectations for how this is going to go, um, show up with that vulnerability of like, hey, like I, this, this is what's going on right now. And this is how I feel. And 
you don't have to fix it, but just would you be in it with me um, for a moment? And some family members do not have the emotional maturity nor interest to do that. Which on that on that note, I always have lifeline people on the outside too. So like, and that's where it's like, oh, I don't need to sit there and say, oh, I don't have anybody to talk to, right? So I think a lot of times there are, yeah. um, you don't necessarily have the family to be able to chat with. And it's like, have friends, like reach, reach out, reach out, reach out, everybody reach out. Yeah, I love that. I said I was like, tell me what a lifeline is. I'm like, are you are you like texting people outside of this, going like, this is what's happening right now? You wouldn't believe it, type of thing. Or like, are you calling them? I love this idea. What is that? What is that? What you mean? Well, I think too. Like, I mean, to that point, we put so much pressure on um, other people. So we might I might put a whole lot of pressure on my spouse to be everything, or I might put pressure on my parents, or like have these expectations. And I think that a lot of times that's not fair to put them into situations that maybe they didn't want to be in. And so having agreements with people on the, like friends, like family is larger than just our immediate, right? Because I think for me, holidays, um, friends are family too. And so how do you create an experience for that as well? Well, And what I've learned um, and that's fantastic, Amanda. Like, I, and in fact, I think you have been a lifeline to people in my family before. Uh, <laughs> but, but what, what, uh, what I'm learning too, uh, especially with dynamic shifting with parents and family members is to choose to step into the conversation even a little bit. Um, because I'm often surprised how being a little bit vulnerable with maybe a family member about something that I hadn't been before opens a door, usually not to an explosion but into something more. And, and uh, just personally, this is, not a, this is not a PSA from Novus Global, nor reflect the attitudes of the coaches on this call um, uh, or podcast. But I, I, I would strongly encourage you as you go back to your families, even if it's one thing that, that, that you're experiencing that they don't know, to share that with them. Because I think that's an, in an invitation away from expectations and into just conversation. Well, we got a few more minutes. Let's let's wrap with some. Look, what are we just summarized all of the things you need to know for the holidays, uh, including your shopping <laughs> list. <laughs> Go to Walmart on Black Friday. I, that, that's probably the worst advice you no, ever no. give. Worst. Uh, <laughs> but but I am. I am shop local. Shop small. Shop You're local. So LA, yeah, yes, Do not buy. That. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. What if I don't have that's a store? It's like, the best compliment. Yeah. <laughs> handmade gifts. Make handmade gifts. I refuse gifts. to yeah, we receive have, handmade gifts. We all have gifts. time for that. Yeah. <laughs> we all have time for that. <laughs> one, thing I, one thing I wanted to say, just to, just to wrap this up, is I think that, um, or as we're wrapping this up, is that uh, I think the people that we are the most frustrated with the easiest, the people that we are the fastest to judge and to not be curious about and to hold, not hold space for and to just expect things of are the people that we care about the most, are the, the people that we, uh, that we love the most. And so going in with, uh, with another tool, if we will, is, is really asking the difference of what we want for those people and then is the way that we're, we're going about it working. So instead of what, what do we want from them, what do we want for them? It's one of my favorite nomenclatures around here or whatever it is that we say. We say, what do we want for somebody rather than what do we want from somebody? And taking that into a holiday time, I think would be really powerful for people. Love that. Joe? Yeah, I think, I think Amanda set us up perfectly, actually, now that I look at it in retrospect of what our conversation was. Because to me, the bigger umbrella is what does it look like to approach the holiday season one, noticing your expectations. It's not about obliterating them. One is just like, hey, notice that there's some expectations and maybe some of the conflict that we've historically experienced is become because some of those unspoken expectations. And let's move them into the realm of the spoken. Let's actually have conversations. Let's, let's make requests. Let's get vulnerable. And then let's make some agreements about what this holiday season is all about who we want to be and what we want to experience. Because I think even when it comes to the thing that I wanted to talk about and you wanted to talk about, Dan, there is an expectation of only feel good in the holidays, you know, instead of what would it look like to actually make a request that when we approach each other or when we get together in the holiday season, we can actually show up 100% real with whatever is going on. And, and, and feel like we're a part of a unit. We can experience the solidarity. You know, we can experience the love. We can experience the pain together. We can experience the pleasure to, together, right? Like 
and and all those expectations that were given by Hollywood don't have to be real in our home. We can actually create something more profound in our household. So let's just notice those expectations and um, turn them into agreements. Yeah, I want to give Amanda the last word. Go for it. <laughs> One of the things that we'll talk a lot around here about is uh, shitty first drafts. And I think that this is a fantastic place to just try something, like test something out. And it might be really messy, like going and asking like, hey, what do you want? Can we make a request and get an agreement? Like, and feeling like it, it might be a little messy, but just to test it out or to test out going and sharing what's actually really going on for you with your family and just standing or going and allowing other people to do their shitty first drafts too. And just using it as a time to experiment and test out quite possibly some new ways of being um, and maybe letting some new ways emerge because I think as family, we can, or just holidays, it's like, ah, this is how it's always been. And it's like, ah, but yeah, we can always create, create a new future. And so it's a good opportunity just, even if it, even if it's messy to go ahead and test it out. Yeah, that's so good. I, I just want to thank you for listening. If you're still with us all the way to the end here, um, we hope this was a beneficial conversation for you in the holidays as you get ready for American Thanksgiving and Christmas Wait, do, and all the do where Canadians we have Thanksgiving? The all the holidays. <laughs> easy, easy. Ours came oh. first, um, but uh, the <laughs> shots fired. But wherever you're listening all over the world, as you gather in whatever capacity to celebrate whatever holiday is, tradition and ritual for you, uh, we hope this was an additive conversation. And thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like this, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global Coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.